How you guys doing? You doing all right? Some some of you guys, you feeling a little tired? Is that what it is? Is people feeling sleepy? What's going on? Worship was powerful, right? Worship was amazing. Hallelujah. You know, and it was uh, it was our brother Mark's first time leading here at New Philly Itaewon. Let's give it up for our brother Mark. Let's honor him. Hallelujah. As soon as he just started singing, I just felt like the presence of God was in the place. Hallelujah. He is, in, he is enthroned on the praises of his people. Amen. So, hallelujah. So today, I have a word for you. I feel the Lord has placed a, a certain word on my heart. And uh, the title of this message is called Commitment Issues. Oh, snap. Commitment Issues. Oh, everybody. everybody. As soon as I said it, I could feel it. Oh, Commitment Issues. Don't worry, this is not a message about joining membership, all right? This is not a message about joining membership or anything like that. But I feel the Lord has placed this message on me. Um, and it's funny because every time the Lord gives me a, a message, um, in the be- I always get it like in the beginning of the week. And like everything's great. And I'm like, yes, Lord, you know, I got a message. I know I'm going to preach about. And then all of a sudden, like everything just starts like going downhill, like during the week. And all, before I know it, I'm like discouraged. I'm like messed up. I'm like trying to figure out what's going on. And then I realize that what I'm preaching about, the Lord is leading me through, like right then. And I'm like, oh, man, like, you know, like I got to preach about this now. Like you, you make sure that I got to go through what I preach about. But God is good in that way because he wants us all to be changed. He doesn't want me up here faking it, you know, telling you something that I haven't been through. You know what I mean? And so the Lord, the Lord has a message for you today. He has a word for you today. But before I go into it, let us all bow our heads in prayer. I'm going to pray over the word. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We come, Father God, once again in worship. And Lord, we love you. We love you, Lord. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that more than anything, Father, before we even can express our love to you, God, you express your love to us. And so, Father, we, we thank you for that. We thank you for your love, God. And, Father God, I pray, Lord, just as our brother Philip prayed, Lord God, I pray that, Father, as your word goes out, God, that it would not come back void, but that it would accomplish the purpose in which you set it out to do. And, God, I come against right now every work of distraction, every hindrance, every apathetic or fatiguing work of the enemy right now, and I bind it in the name of Jesus. I bind it in the name of Jesus and I command it to get out in the name of Jesus. Satan, your time is up. And so I command every unclean spirit, every creeping thing, everything that is not of you, God, I bind it and I command it to leave in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just speak, Father, that you are opening hearts right now by your spirit. I speak every heart in this place being open to receive your word. Every mind, Lord God, being open to conceive it. Every eye to see it. Every ear to hear it, Lord God. Lord, what you have already prepared for those that love you, God. So I pray, Father, that you would reveal it today. I pray, God, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would come down and that it would really just begin to speak to each one of us, Father, that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened in this place. Father, I pray that you would anoint my lips, that, Father, the words I speak would be spirit and life, God, that I would not speak, Lord, any other word than the word that you have given me, God, that I would not depart from that word today. Just bless this time, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. So the title of this message is Commitment Issues, right? Commitment Issues. Mm. Mm -mm. 
commitment issues. Pastor Benjamin talked about, well, at the Niagara conference, I hope I don't insult anyone, but uh, he, he was talking about uh, making, making New Philly more of a, in a black church, more of like an African-American church. And then like at the conference, one of our brothers from the other campus, he actually went around to all the black people at the conference and was like, I want an impartation. And so like, and as he like, as, as I began to pray that impartation over him, I felt like something like stirred in me. I was like, mm, mm-hmm. you know what? You know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to walk in that. You know, God has made me in this way. I'm just going to walk in that, that African-American anointing, you know? And so going to talk about commitment issues today. Mm-hmm. And so the word of the Lord for you today comes from Psalm 31. The word of the Lord today comes from Psalm 31. You can turn there. We're going to go through it bit by bit. We're not going to read the whole thing at once and then go through it because we're going to go through different parts of Psalm 31. But today I want to talk to you about faithfulness. Faithfulness. I want to talk to you about faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. Faithfulness. Say it one more time. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. We know about faithfulness, right? Like, or at least like back, back home in America, we know about like unfaithfulness, right? We watch like, I was thinking as I was preparing this message, I was thinking about the show Cheaters. You ever seen the show Cheaters? You know that show like like they get okay if you okay if you if you have never seen the show Cheaters, I'm gonna explain it to you. All right, so they take it's like this hidden camera show where they go around like there's this couple and like one of the members like they suspect that the person's cheating, and so what they do is they hire this guy. This guy, it's like this short guy. He's got these glasses. He hired this guy, and he goes and he plants hidden cameras in his team. They follow around the spouse, right? And then they catch them cheating, and, and the other person, like the spouse, is like watching it all on video camera, right? But they don't do anything. They like wait. They wait, and they let the person cheat like three, four times. And then, and then like they wait till like the fourth time. And then all of a sudden, like when the person's like with the other person, and they're driving up to like the Walmart parking lot, you know, with the other person. All of a sudden, these big black vans come out of nowhere. The guy pops out. He's like, we caught you. You're cheating. And then the woman comes out. She's like, I caught you. You was doing all that stuff, you know. And, and I was thinking about that. And I was like, man, I really, like, we really know a lot about unfaithfulness. Not a, but what about faithfulness? You know, we got Jerry Springer, Maury Povich. You know what I mean? Like, they've got like all the different shows that are based upon unfaithfulness. But God wants to establish faithfulness. God wants to establish faithfulness in our hearts. And the way that he does that is first by showing his faithfulness to us. And so today I want to talk to you not just not about like faithfulness, like you guys, you need to be faithful. You need to be faithful. That's not the case. I could stand here all day and command and tell you to be faithful. But we're not we're not faithful until we experience God's faithfulness to us. And so I want to talk to you about that kind of faithfulness. Because God is committed to each and every one of us. God is committed to you. Do you know that? God is committed to proving his faithfulness. God wants you to know that he is faithful. So let's go, let's go into the word. And we're going to walk, we're going to walk through this. And so I'm going to, I'm going to stop you here and there, but we're going to walk through it together. Psalm 31 verse one. Just read along with me. I'm going to read through it. In you, O Lord. Do I take refuge? Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. 
Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. This is David. And David's crying out to the Lord in this time. And he's crying out to the Lord and he's saying, Lord, I take refuge in you. Lord, I need you to come. I need you to come and rescue me. I need you to be a rock for me. I need you to be a strong fortress to what? To save me. You know what it was? It was because David realized he had issues. David realized he had issues. He had issues that he needed God to come in and to save. How many of you guys got issues? Just raise your hand. How many of you guys got issues? Okay, so for the rest of you guys that didn't raise your hands, you, you, got, you guys got issues. I'm just telling you. You know what I mean? Like there's three types of people. There's the one who has issues and is willing to admit it. The one who has issues and doesn't want to admit it. And the one who thinks they don't have issues. But you got issues. And see, David, David had issues, you know. David knew he had issues. He said, Lord, incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. God, I got issues. I need you to come. I need you to come into my life right now. Speedily. Do not delay, Lord. Be my refuge. Be a fortress to save me. A lot of us, we have, we have different problems in our lives. Our issues, right? Where we need God to come and save us, don't we? Here in Itaewon, you look around. Itaewon's got issues. Itaewon's got issues. And we don't need the Lord to delay in coming. We need him to come speedily. Amen. Amen. We need him to come. But that was a, that was an earlier message. Verse three, he says, for you are my rock and my fortress. And for your name's sake, you lead me and guide me. You verse four, you take me out of the net they have hidden for me. For you are my refuge. Verse 5. A lot of people. Everyone knows verse 5, right? Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord. Faithful God. David had a revelation of God's faithfulness. He knew that God was faithful. And you want me to show you the the first reason why he knew God was faithful is in verse 3. This is how he knew God was faithful. For you are my rock and my fortress. And for your name's sake, you lead me and guide me. This comes up a a couple Psalms earlier in Psalm 23, right? He says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. His name's sake. You know what that means when it says his name's sake? It means that God is invested. God is invested in you and I. God is committed. God is invested in you and I walking down the path that he has called us to go. Do you know that? It's not like so many Christians, we think that we ourselves are the only ones invested. You know, if I sin, then I'm going to be the one that sacrifices it all. If I, if I fail in this area, then it's all on me. But David says right here, he says, for your name's sake, Lord, you lead me and guide me. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. See, God is invested in your life and in us going down the path that he has set out for us. It says in his word that when God starts to think, he is committed to complete it. It says he who began a good work in you will bring it to what? Completion. Until the day of Christ Jesus. 
It says that it says in Jeremiah verse 12, when when the Lord was commissioning Jeremiah and he was sending him out, he said, Jeremiah, you just speak the words that I've called you to speak because I am watching over my word that it will accomplish its purpose. As I prayed and as our brother Philip prayed, when the Lord sends out a word, what it does not come back void. Why? Because he is watching over the word and the different things, the different words that the Lord has spoken over your life, the different things that the Lord has put in you. The Lord is watching over it. The Lord is committed to bringing you down the path that he has put before you. He is committed to showing his faithfulness. He is actually invested in it. Not just in our lives, but in Itaewon. We've gotten all these different words, right? We spoke about how the Lord wants to change this, change Itaewon into a ringing bell that rings his righteousness unto the rest of the city. And like we hear these big words over this area and we think, Man, that's, that means a lot of evangelism. Man, that means like a lot of prayer meetings. But you got to understand the Lord is actually committed to it. The Lord is the one who is invested in it. The Lord actually wants to prove his faithfulness to you. Do you know that? Do you know the Lord wants to prove his faithfulness? He wants you to know his faithfulness so much that he's willing to prove it to you. He's willing to go out on a limb. Jude 24 says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of glory with great joy. God is the one who keeps us from stumbling. God is the one who's responsible for presenting us before him. Blameless and holy. Itaewon will be a royal diadem before the Lord. And he is the one who is responsible to it. He is he is committed to it. If you believe that, say amen. See, his name is on the line. It is for his name's sake that he leads us and guides us. And not just that, but God is vigilant. God is determined to prove to you that he is faithful. He is determined to prove to you without a shadow of a doubt that he loves you, that he's committed to you, that every plan that he's put in your life, he seeks to prosper and not harm you, that he seeks to give you a hope and a future. And it's not a word that he's just speaking out because the Lord wants to just say good things. When the Lord speaks it out, he speaks it out and he at the same time, he gives the grace for it to happen. At the same time, the Lord speaks out a word. It is so. And the Lord is wanting to show you his faithfulness. He is determined to make sure that the things that he's proclaimed over our lives come to pass. I mean, what dreams has the Lord given you? What dreams and desires has the Lord given you? What things have people spoken over your lives? The Lord. What things have the Lord spoken over your lives? That He would turn all things around for your good? That He would bless you? That the blessings would pursue and overtake you? And He is determined to prove His faithfulness in that. He is determined to make sure you know that these words come to pass. But see... God is also a God of love and a God of partnership. And so God also, he wants, he wants our partnership in the matter. That's why in verse five, David said to him, he said, into your hand, I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. If you skip on down to verse 14, he says, but I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. 
once we get a revelation of God's faithfulness, that always pushes us to a place of surrender. That we are able to then commit our lives to Him. You know, God doesn't call you to do something without first proving Himself in it. You know, Jesus will show His love to you and then He calls you to give yourself up. It's in the same way. Once we get a revelation of His faithfulness, then we can commit ourselves to Him. We love because He first loved us. And when we understand that He's been vigilantly working to prove His faithfulness, we can partner with Him towards seeing these things come to pass. That we can partner with Him towards seeing His faithfulness. Hmm. Hmm. I speak about faithfulness right now. And for many of us, it's hard for that word to get in. We've heard about faithfulness a lot. We know that God is faithful. We read it in our Bibles. But then for many of us, we have trouble actually experiencing it. For many of us, when I talk about God's determination to prove his faithfulness, it's like hitting a wall in our hearts. It's like hitting a wall to us. Like God is faithful. What do you mean God is faithful? How is God faithful? Oh, yeah, he's faithful. I know that I read it in my Bible, but what does that actually mean? And you know, the re- there's, there's a couple reasons why we have trouble understanding God's faithfulness. And it's because we have commitment issues. Each one of us. We have commitment issues. Mm. Mm. It's hard to hear that. It's hard for me to say it because I hear myself saying it. So I'm like, uh, I, I got commitment issues. We have issues. We have commitment issues. You know, we have trouble gripping the the Lord's faithfulness in our lives because we don't, we have trouble with, our hearts have trouble communicating what that really means. A commitment. Faithfulness. What does that mean? And there's three reasons. There's three reasons. And the first one is our own sin. Verse 1 says, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. The reason why a lot of us have commitment issues is because of shame. And it's because of our own sin. See, the point of sin, the point, the reason, the way sin comes in and separates your relationship with God is through shame. It's not just through sin. It's not just that you sin. It's that the sin brings shame. Sin brings that shame. And then therefore you can't come before God as freely as you could before because you know what? I, I don't, I don't really think I can. I, I, there's, there's this. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not worthy. I can't, I can't come before you. And there's this shame. David said, he said, let me never be put to shame. Because shame was the biggest thing. Shame was the thing that he was most afraid of keeping him from the Lord. Shame. Shame is what keeps us from relationship. Many of us refuse relationship. We refuse it and we do not experience the faithfulness and goodness of God. Why? Because we are ashamed. We are ashamed of who we are. We are ashamed. The things that we've done in the past. The things that we are maybe struggling with. And we are ashamed. We do an altar call. And somebody may speak out a very word that speaks to your very situation. But you don't want to stand up. Why? Because you're ashamed. 
You feel a tug in your heart to come before the Lord and to pray and to be in his presence and to commune with him. But you do not. Why? Because of shame. And that's that's the enemy's tactic. He lures us into sin. Why? Because then right after we sin, he can come at us with shame. That's why Romans 8 1 says, therefore, there is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because when condemnation is broken off of your life, you can come into relationship. But as long as you are in shame, it's hard to commit. You know why? You know how shame works? Is we have trouble believing in God's faithfulness because we know our own faithlessness. We know our own unfaithfulness. The sin and the shame comes in and it comes in so deep that we don't, you know, faithfulness is being full of faith. It's being full of faith. That's how, how we know God's faithfulness. God is, he is determined to prove his faithfulness because he is full of faith that the work that he began in you, he will bring to completion. He is full of faith. God believes when he says something about you that it will happen. But we have trouble believing that because we know our own unfaithfulness. And we think, God, you're going to give me the same measure of faithfulness that I have given you. Mm. Mm. We see our own faithlessness. And we, are, we don't have any more faith anymore. Or if anything, we are faithful to believe. We are full of faith to believe in our own ability to sin. Not in our ability for God to save us. We have more faith in our own ability to sin again and again and again than for God's ability and God's faithfulness to transform us. Hmm. You look at people that are addicted. Addicted to. You can look at you can just look at any addiction. How does that addiction, how does that habitual sin continue? It continues through shame. Because the person starts to sin and then the shame grips them. And instead of having faith in God's ability to sanctify and transform them, they have more faith in their ability to sin to sin again. Or if a person has been walking with the Lord, say you've been walking with the Lord and you're coming back and you had this long period where you are away from the Lord. And the Lord is now just now drawing you back into his presence. And he's drawing you back in with his faithfulness. And you sin. Shame comes in, doesn't it? And you believe, you know what? I knew I couldn't change. I knew this was going to stay the same. I know that I can't change. You know what? So I'm just going to give myself back into this again. But being God's, believing God's faithfulness involves having faith. And so we don't commit. We have more faith in our ability to sin, so we don't commit. Because we don't have faith in God's ability to transform us. Instead, we're afraid that we will once again sabotage the relationship. It's like... It's like you ever, like... You ever, like, you know dated someone or talked to someone that you thought was out of your league? 
<laughs> I, heard, I heard a yeah in the back. Somebody testify. Oh, woo! Mm, Philip just took my point right then. I can't even say anything. But see, a lot of times what happens is like, this, is just, this example, we, we date someone or we, we talk to someone we think is out of our league. And so what happens? We're filled with so much shame, so much self-hate, so much rejection that we think the next sin and the next sin is just going to cause that person to leave because, you know, they're out of my league. They don't, you know, we approach God with that kind of mentality. We have more faith in our ability to sabotage the relationship than we do for God to transform us. The second reason. Is this hitting somebody? The second reason is our circumstances. Verses 6 to 10. David says, I hate those who pay regard to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love because you have seen my affliction. You have known the distress of my soul. I'm skip down to verse 9. He says, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. David said his soul and his body. He was talking about not just an an inner ailment, but an outer ailment. And for so many of us, that doesn't just, doesn't just speak to an illness, but that speaks to our circumstances. So many, so many of us have commitment issues because of our circumstances. You know, maybe you've had, maybe you've had an illness your entire life. Or maybe you've been in a situation that has not changed. It has not changed as much as you wanted it to change. It has not changed. Or as much as you wanted healing, you have not got that healing yet. As much as you've been wanting these different circumstances in your life to change, it hasn't changed. Or things were going good, but all of a sudden things are going really, really bad right now. And they've been going bad for a while and they don't seem like they're going to change. And you know what happens is we end up having commitment issues because we, we have more faith. We believe our circumstances are more faithful than our God is. You know what? My illness, my illness is more faithful than God. I've been sick all this time. It's not going to change. It's never going to change. You know what? Things were going well, but they're not going well anymore. And I've been wanting it to change, but it hasn't changed. God, I've been praying, but nothing's changed. And the Lord's drawing you in to commit, to lay yourself before Him again. You say, you know what, Lord? The truth is my situation. The truth is these things I'm going through. And our circumstances draw us to hopelessness. So many times we look at our our circumstances, we look as them being more faithful than God. And we've been in this situation 
and we say that it's more faithful than God can ever be. But God, God is faithful despite any of your current circumstances. You know, I was speaking about this during Sunday Swim, but a lot of times what happens in our faith is we fall into a blessing mentality than a building mentality. And I'll explain to you what that means. A blessing mentality means that we just seek to go from blessing to blessing to blessing. We seek to go to blessing to blessing to blessing. And then in between those times, we're just, we're just struggling. And we're questioning the Lord's faithfulness until we get another blessing. And then, and then we fall down again and we're, we're still just struggling to, to believe in the Lord's faithfulness. But the Lord, the Lord has a building mentality. See, the Lord has a building mentality. When the Lord starts something, he continues to work on it no matter the season. And see, no matter what season you're in, the Lord is still working. No matter what circumstances you may be going through, the Lord is still working. He is faithful. He is faithful to turn every circumstance around for your good. You know, when Joseph, when Joseph was in the prisons, when Joseph was being sold into slavery, Joseph could have been, he could have stood there and said, my circumstances are more faithful than my God is. When there was no light at the end of the tunnel for Joseph, Joseph could have stood there and said, you know what, Lord, I won't commit myself to you. I won't give myself to you. I won't surrender myself to you because you know what? My circumstances are so much more faithful. The darkness around me is so much more real than you are. But you know what? He didn't. And at the end of the day, Joseph stood before his brothers who had sold him into slavery. And he said, what you had purposed for evil, God had purposed for good. He said, my God is so much more faithful than any of my circumstances ever could be. Graham Cook said it like this. He said, you don't, you don't trust in what's going on around you at the moment. He said, you can't even trust in what God is doing. You trust in who God is. And our God is a God who wants to prove to you how faithful he is. He wants to show you in every area of your life. You know what? I am faithful and I am faithful to touch every single area of it. And I don't care what season it may be. I am still working. You know, when you go outside and the construction workers are working just because it's hot outside, they don't stop working just because the season is not in the same manner, the manner they'd like it to be. They don't stop working. They keep working. They keep working, they keep working, they keep working because they have a building mentality. They say, you know what? I'm building something right now. And no matter the season, I'm going to keep working until that building is complete. And God has that same mentality for your life. It doesn't matter what the season is. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. He is continuing to build. He is continuing to build and continuing and continuing. And he does not stop until the work is completed. See, God is, God is faithful. And our circumstances don't determine our convictions. Our convictions supersede and overrule our circumstances. The third reason, the third reason we have commitment issues is, is our neighbors. 
It can be those around us. I'm going to read verse 11 to 13. Because of all my adversaries, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I have been forgotten like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel. For I hear the whispering of many, terror on every side, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. David was talking about all the haters that were around him. All the haters that were in his house. All the people who were around him and they saw him and they continually mocked and scorned him. He said, I have become a reproach. You know, our own sin takes us from from believing in God's faithfulness to instead believing in our own faithlessness. And then our, our circumstances take us from believing God's faithfulness to be becoming hopeless. And then the people, the adversaries around us take us from believing in God's faithfulness to becoming friendless and believing that we are alone and isolated. See, David sat there and he was by himself and, and everyone around him was saying, David, you're a failure. There's nothing that you're going to do is going to prosper to call on your life you want to be a, you want to be a minister it's your hogwan teacher what do you mean that you're all called priests and ministers whatever you got student loans you know oh that's ridiculous what are you talking about you want to go off and follow god what do you mean you want to go out into the streets and tell people about jesus that's embarrassing who do you think you are you know what last week I, I call one of my friends from back home. And it's one of my friends I grew up with and I've known him for a long time. And 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 just this past week I've been I've been having a lot of circumstances that have been coming around me with my family. A lot of a lot of turmoil in my family. And I I told him at some point and then we were talking and he was like, Man, why haven't you came home? Why haven't you came back? Why haven't you came back to the States? Man, your family needs you, dude. What are you doing over there? What are you doing? Who do you think you are? That was, that was the manner in which he said these things. Your family needs you. What are you doing in Korea? What? Who do you think you are following God? Who do you think you are following after the call that God has placed on your life? What these dreams, these things, these are dreams. These are pipe dreams. They'll lead to nothing. And we hear these things. We hear these words from our adversaries and from people around us. And we're afraid to commit. God, you're calling me to go to this land I can't even pronounce. God, you're calling me to go on missions. God, you're calling me to go here. You're calling me to commit myself here. But, Lord, my, my family, they, they think it's ridiculous, Lord. My family says they disown me if I do this. The people around me, Lord, say, my friends, they say they'll never talk to me again. Lord, I don't think I can commit to that. I don't think I can commit myself because of all the pressure that is around me. 
It says in verse 17, it says, these same people, it says, Let the lying lips be mute, which speak insolently against the righteous in pride and in contempt. These prideful and contemptual words that are spoke to you. I don't even know if contemptual is a word. Is it a word? I don't know. These words that are in pride and contempt that are spoken against us. We listen to them. And we're afraid to commit. And so whether it's because of our sin that leads us to shame or because of our circumstances that make us feel hopeless or whether it's our neighbors, the people around us who alienate or isolate us from committing to the Lord, we have these commitment issues. But God, God is faithful. God is faithful. And God's God's a God that Proves his faithfulness to us. And he wants us to get past these commitment issues by first by experiencing his faithfulness. And you know how we experience that faithfulness. We experience through, experience it through the man Jesus. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter fifty three. I'm just going to read it out. I'm going to start at verse 2. For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. You know, whatever commitment issues you may have, whether it's your own sin or whether it's your circumstances or whether it's the people around you. Jesus experienced all of those things. Jesus himself experienced the shame and the rejection. He experienced that shame. He experienced it up on the cross when his father, when he was, he was up there and the presence departed for him. And he said, Father, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he experienced that shame. He experienced that break in relationship. He experienced being afflicted. His circumstances were never the best of circumstances. Everywhere Jesus went, they paraded him about and beat him and spit at him. And those that loved him the most rejected him. Those that he loved the most, those who were around him, rejected him. Why? Because God wants to prove to us how faithful He truly is. He wants you to know how faithful He is. That regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your shame, or what people around you say, 
you can bring that all before Jesus. We have a high priest who understands our weaknesses, who understands our situations because he himself has bore them. This is the gospel. I realized, to, I realized last night as the Lord was just bringing all these things together that I have commitment issues. That I myself in the past have been filled with so much shame and so much self-hatred. That in my life people have looked down upon me and called me nothing and told me that I would never amount to anything and told me that everything that I tried to touch would fail and not prosper. You know, my testimony is that for the first 15 years of my life, I was abused. And every week, every day, I was told I was nothing. I was told you'd amount to nothing. I was told that everything I did would fail. And my circumstances sucked. <laughs> and then once the Lord got me out of that, I turned, to, I turned to drugs and I turned to partying and promiscuity. And I was filled with so much shame. I was doing what I wanted to do, but deep in my innermost heart, I knew that this wasn't filling me. And even after I became a Christian, I would look at myself and I would only see the dirt of the past. I would only see the shame. I would only see the things that I am not. The things that I lack. But in Jesus, I come to realize in Jesus, My commitment issues are healed. I can commit myself fully to him. Because he has already carried my sorrows. He has already bore my griefs. All your shame and condemnation that you've been holding on to. He, he's already taken it. All we have to do is let him do the work. Just let him in. And let him do the work. That's why David said, into your hands I commit my spirit. Because the Lord, he, he desires, he is a lover looking for a lover. And he wants us to just give ourselves to him in love. Say, Lord, you do it. Jesus, you do it. I know there's many people in here right now that your hearts have been broken. And your hearts have been hurt. Whether it's shame. Or whether it's what other people have said about you and to you. Or whether it's your circumstances right now. And you're going through a tough time. But Jesus wants to touch that. Because it's by his stripes that we are healed. It is by his stripes that we can come and be completely 
transformed and made new. I want us to take this time right now and I want us to pray. Because as Jesus has already done this work in our lives and as Jesus has already come in, we got to let him do it. You know, that's why we do altar calls. It's not it's not because we just want to like what it's because when you come to him in faith, the Lord always honors that. When you come to him, you say, Lord, you do the work. I'm gonna let you in. He never, he never relents. The Lord is relentless. If he would come down from heaven and take on the form of a man and be beaten and be obedient to that unto a point of death. For you and I. How much more will he come right now? Right now. To heal every area of your life. Every area of your heart. So that we don't have these commitment issues. We're not looking around for other things to fill us. But that we can commit our spirits to him. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Oh faithful God. Because he is faithful. He is faithful to touch every area. He is faithful to renew every area. I want us all to just close our eyes right now. And I believe right now that the work the Lord is wanting to do in this place... is a work of healing. I believe he's wanting to bring healing to some hurt hearts. Some souls that have been downcast. Some people that have been persecuted and they feel like they've been abandoned. So what I want us to do, I want us to just start out right now I want us to just pray and wherever you are I want you to just bring before the Lord a fresh surrender so many of us we have all these walls up all these walls up we say Lord you, you can't touch me I'm, I'm too dirty you can't do this with me Lord everyone says I'm nothing things are too hard right now God but it's right at that moment when the Lord wants to break in and prove to you, show you his faithfulness. The reason I keep saying prove is because Jesus is called the bridegroom and we are called his bride. And like a bride with like a bridegroom with his bride, he wants to woo you. He wants to show you how much he loves you. So let's just begin to pray and let us begin to to just surrender ourselves before him and say, Jesus, you do the work. Jesus, I'm going to let you in. Lord, I have these commitment issues, but Lord, I want you to come in.
and bring your healing over every area. That these walls that I've set up, this fortress I've set up in my own heart, Lord, that's been keeping you out, God. Lord, may it come down and may you come in. So over this place, let's just begin to pray.